Bienvenidos a todos. You are listening to the Paseo Podcast, where we highlight stories by, from, and about the Puerto Rican community. My name is Joshua Smeza de Leon, and I want to thank you for downloading this episode. If you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are streamed, give this podcast a like and subscribe to it. It makes a world of difference. We started this podcast as a way to bring attention to the diverse and vibrant stories that make up the Puerto Rican communities here in Paseo Boricua in Chicago and around the world. From La Isla to the diaspora, we hope you enjoy what you hear. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Paseo Podcast. In case you missed the past couple of episodes, you can now watch our interviews on our new YouTube channel. Right now, we just have our channel trailer up there, our last three interviews, and oh, this week's interview will also be up there this Monday. Uh, and just a reminder, on our channel, we just upload the interview. So if you really hate the sound of my voice and don't want to hear this part of the episode, you can watch the more condensed version there. Just type in Paseo Podcast and we'll pop right up. And while you're there, like our videos and subscribe to our channel. Our current goal is to get to 100 subscribers, so help us out. And if YouTube isn't your thing, keep up with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Paseo Podcast. You can also pitch a story or volunteer with the podcast by reaching out to us on our website, paseomedia.org. And if you want to give me a follow, you can find me on Twitter at JS De Leon. Our guest for this week's episode is Julio Ricardo Varela. He's the founder of the independent media outlet, Latino Rebels, which is an outlet we've referenced on the show before. We actually are going to reference it later when we go over some news. Uh, he's also the co-host of the show In the Thick and Vice President of New Business for Futuro Media, which produces the nationally syndicated uh, public radio program Latino USA. We're going to talk about how he founded Latino Rebels, uh, how Latino Rebels became a part of Futuro Media, speaking truth to power as an independent journalist, the relationship between media in the Puerto Rican diaspora and media on La Isla, what both Democrats and Republicans can actually agree on when it comes to Puerto Rico, and a whole lot more. But before we get into the interview, I want to touch on some news, and I will keep this brief because we always try to keep our episodes between 30 minutes to an hour. Uh, lately, they've been going a little over. I like it. I don't know if y'all do, uh, but let me know if you like it. If you want, if you want, we can go over an hour, uh, but we try to keep it as brief as possible. It's also been a long week, um, but let's hop into to some news. The first bit of news comes from the Miami Herald. Puerto Rico Governor Pedro Pierluisi declared a state of emergency Sunday over a tide of violence against women, a measure local activists have demanded for years to address the scourge that continues to go largely unpunished. The emergency declaration calls for a series of wide-ranging policies to combat femicides and other forms of violence. The executive order was hailed by advocates as an important step in addressing a long-existing issue that jumped back into the spotlight after a recent murder. In a press release, Puerto Rico's governor said, quote unquote, it is my duty and my commitment as governor to establish a stop to gender violence. And for these purposes, I have declared a state of emergency. So here's what's included as part of the order. A mobile app will be created to help victims request assistance and report aggressors to emergency services. Authorities will create a program to check in with women who have filed restraining orders. A compliance officer will be charged with ensuring the order is followed while a committee including local rights groups will simultaneously recommend public policy, monitor implementation, and publish progress reports. The government will also launch media campaigns to educate the public about gender violence. This feels like a step in the right direction, 
Uh, executive orders can be a positive tool. Just a stroke of a pen can help move things in the right direction. Um, and now this executive order, uh, you know, it wasn't perfect and should have included steps to address all the homophobic and transphobic violence against people in the LGBTQIA community as well. Uh, but having said that, you know, jumping back to femicides for a second, uh, the numbers will disturb you. According to a local watchdog group, the Observatory for Gender Equity, there were at least 60 femicides in Puerto Rico last year. That translates into more than one femicide a week on La Isla. Compared to numbers in 2019, this represents a 62% increase in femicides. As I said earlier, the issue of violence against women jumped back into the spotlight after the murder of Angie Noemi Gonzalez, a nurse from Barranquitas who was found dead in a ravine. According to police, her partner of 16 years, Roberto Rodriguez, admitted to killing the mother of three. Now, nothing can replace the life of a loved one, but our hearts go out to, to Angie's family and to all the families and loved ones who have had to deal with this evil epidemic of violence against the queens in our culture. Now, I've never understood or will never understand why there are people out there who think they have a right to take the life of a woman or anyone for that matter, let alone their partner. I mean, what's the purpose? For what? Your pride? Machismo? To prove a point? The only thing you've proved is that you're a heartless and evil individual who never deserved that person in their life to begin with. Needless to say, I'm happy to see the PR government put resources behind this effort of combating violence against women. I'm hoping, I'm really hoping, it actually follows through on this and it's not just political signaling. This next story is from Space.com. Listeners of the show will know we've talked about the importance and history of the Arecibo Observatory in past episodes since its collapse. Well, there is an ongoing investigation of the collapse in December. The investigation isn't complete yet, but a manufacturing issue is thought to be a contributing factor to the observatory's collapse. Apparently, back in the 1990s, the socketing procedure wasn't done appropriately with one of the 12 auxiliary cables that were added when the observatory installed the massive hanging dome that sits above the dish. This led to advanced degradation of that part of the structure, which caused a huge issue as the first cable to fail was one of these auxiliary cables, which ended up slipping out of its socket where it connected to one of the three supporting towers surrounding the dish. Now the investigation is still preliminary, but talk about human error here. Uh, this just shows the ripple effect one action can have, uh, especially an act of negligence. Uh, now people are out of jobs educational experiences, and a source of pride on Laila. Now, I know uh, this investigation is still preliminary, um, but ultimately, you know, I, I really hope we see something done to restore the observatory. If you're listening and you know about any effort to do so, hit us up. I mean, we'd love, we'd love to talk to you. Switching gears to some happier news, this one comes from Latino Rebels. Earlier this month, the University of Puerto Rico, Rio Piedras campus, announced that uh, it will create a new program of Afro-Diasporic and Racial Studies, thanks in part to a 700000 grant from the Andrew W. Mellon Foundation. According to a media release from the university, the grant period will span three years from January 2021 to December 2023. I say the grant should last indefinitely, uh, but the release noted that the funds will achieve the following. One, create the program of Afro, Diasporic, and Racial Studies in the College of General Studies. 
Two, develop a minor in the College of General Studies and work toward developing a major. There will be 15 credits of academic offerings focused on these topics. Three, sponsor the third International Congress of Afro-Descendant Cultures and Peoples in Puerto Rico during October 2021. Number four, improve curriculum development with the creation of courses that integrate post-colonial race studies, public humanities, culture, art, the African continent, and the Afro-diaspora, among others. Number five, advance research fields related to this program, such as statistics and decolonization of knowledge. Number six, encourage collaborations with other universities in Puerto Rico and abroad. Number seven, and the final one, uh, expand access to Afro-diasporic studies to other higher education institutions. Now, with all this said, it's good to see an investment like this from the University of Puerto Rico, tired of witnessing the erasure of our African roots in our Puerto Rican culture and education. Um, I know there are some people listening that will cling to the European roots of being Puerto Rican, but we are so much more than that. We can't forget our indigenous and African history ever. So shout out to the University of PR for putting their money where their mouth is. Okay, that's all we have time for today. My eyes are killing me from all the screen time I've been giving them. Need to go read my Young Lord's book and take a nap. But first, let's jump into our interview with Julio Ricardo Varela. Bienvenidos a todos. This is the Paseo Podcast. Thank you for downloading this episode. We have a very special guest on the podcast today, Julio Ricardo Varela. He is the founder of Latino Rebels and co-host of In the Thick. It's a podcast. If you haven't listened to it, definitely give it a listen. It is produced by Futuro Media. Julio, welcome to the Paseo Podcast. How are you today? I am so excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're happy you are here. Um, what should our listeners know about you? Oh, man. Uh, born in Atorrey, Puerto Rico. I grew up there as a kid. Then my parents divorced and I moved to the Bronx with my mom and did the whole San Juan Bronx thing. Went to school in the Boston area, journalism in, in college, and then did publishing, but back in journalism. And now at Futuro Media, which is founded by Mariana Hosa, a Chicago institution, founded Latino Rebels in 2011. So we're going to be celebrating our 10th anniversary in 2021. And Latino Rebels is part of Futuro Media, so it's in the thick. I get to do digital work for Latino USA. And then I'm also I'm also uh, head of new business for Futuro Studios, which is our original programming division. I write for opinion pieces for the Washington Post, NBC News, uh, other outlets out there. So, yeah. Yeah, I actually, I think the last piece I read of yours might have been in NBC, but it was about white liberals and uh, the conversation around Puerto Rico statehood. I'll put that link to that article in the show notes because I thought it was a really good take. I did want to talk a little bit about Latino Rebels. It's a 10-year anniversary in 2021. You founded this news outlet. Um, is, that, is that a good way to explain Latino Rebels? Would you say like an independent news outlet? Like how would you, how would you explain it? I came up with the idea around at the start of 2011 because I wasn't seeing a lot of my world in the mm -hmm. digital space. And I just wanted to see more bicultural bilingual content that spoke to like you know a gen x puerto rican kid um and realized there was a lot of commonalities right there was a lot of people like me who were kind of looking for the same thing and and we started a little bit like a comedy satire page a little snark mm -hmm. um we were kind of 
almost like critical of representation about how people misunderstood Latinos and, and, um, and it just took off and yeah. it was naturally in places like politics and race and identity. We were kind of having these conversations that no one really wanted to have 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and I do think now those conversations are more common because we've created a space in a lot of ways. And there are other places that did the same thing. And so I kind of consider ourselves sort of this like OG Latino digital site, but we've evolved. I mean, I, I'm kind of more leaning into journalism, commentary. Um, you know, we've done Latino Rebels radio since 2014 and people still like it. Mm -hmm. um, we're going into uh, variety show ideas. <laughs> Who knows? That's great. But one and, of award, things, and it's award winning. You've won some awards yeah, too, right? Yeah, we won right? awards. Yeah. yeah. But also one of the things that I always wanted to do is I wasn't getting a lot of news from Puerto Rico in English. And when I was blogging in the late aughts, I was doing a lot about Puerto Rico, talking about the issues. And that naturally transferred over to Rebels, at least for me, at least the things that I was doing. Mm -hmm. And what I found is at least in the context of Puerto Rico, it was just so underrepresented. There wasn't a lot of independent independent voices and mm -hmm. by independent meaning non-corporate media, not necessarily yeah. um, independence in the status, you know, in the context of status. So I made this like conscious decision as an editor to be to say, if you want to talk about Puerto Rico, like we're here. And now 10 years later, people see us as like an outlet, specifically at sort of with like expert, like journalism expertise when it comes to Puerto Rico. So um, I kind of like that. I'm sorry. Like we just, you know, we get quoted, you know, we get quoted and called out and, and, you know, there's plenty of people on the island who don't like us. I love it. Going back to that point about it being a go-to outlet. I mean, I saw this one article about, um, it was 30 different progressive organizations came together and put together a letter yeah. and it was yeah. all about what they, what they believe the Biden Harris administration should do. And from a policy perspective, uh, in regards to Puerto Rico. And I'm here thinking, damn, like of all the outlets to give this letter to Latino rebels has that scoop. So like you're, you're, yeah, it's, a, it's also source building. I mean, I think yeah. one of the things that we've done, that I'm really, really proud of. And, it, and it's not all about Puerto Rico. There, you know, we sure. cover yeah. Latinidad and Latin America. Um, and, but one of the things that we've done consistently is if people reach out to us, we publish them, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, after close to 10 years, you start establishing relationships. And some of these go-to organizations, like for example, you know, the Center for Popular Democracy, um, they've done it in the past. And they, they know that, it gives them a little bit of, um, first of all, they know our audience is interested in it, right? Mm -hmm, and th mm -hmm. that's that's a really good sign. And I think a lot of these things get lost in the bigger media landscape because one of the things that Rebels does really well is it doesn't have to cover everything. But what we do is we, we you know, we cover what we want. Yeah. And I think in this in this world, like you, you need to, I you need to spend so much time establishing your voice, right? So now that we've established the voice and it took a while, right? You know, people, the, if you look at the first couple of years of Rebels, it was snarky, it, it, it's not everyone liked it. There was a lot of people who thought we were like 
goofy and not serious and we were mocking the community but we were also kind of in mm -hmm. you know and saying what about anti-blackness in mm -hmm. latino communities you know yeah. i i kind of take it as a compliment when latinos would say well you guys focus on black issues like we were the mm -hmm. first like latin like latino media outlet to even like talk about trayvon and george zimmerman and actually talk about right. um this notion of well, he's not white, he's Latino. And I'm like, hello. Like one of the pieces that we wrote in, in 2012, 2013, really got into sort of whiteness and Latinidad in the, in the mm -hmm. context of Trayvon Martin. And things like that at the time felt different, felt breaking a mold. You know what I mean? That we yeah. were kind of saying, you know, this, these things were, these were issues that were happening in our community today, and we need to meet them head on. And no one was out there. I, let me just say this: there was few of us out there. Not all, you know. We weren't the only outlet mm -hmm. who, who just said, you know what? We're going to talk about it. So get out of the way. We don't need to ask for permission. We don't care. I wasn't answering to anybody. And 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 if but but the the most important thing is that it wasn't just a rant. It wasn't a blog. Me as a journalist looked at it like a journalist. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. you have to raise. If you're going to give the voice, it has to, you know, we have high standards in what we did. And we, we knew, you know, we were just being ourselves. And mm -hmm. so I take it as a compliment that, yes, there's a lot of outlets now like ours. There's mm -hmm. a lot of people who are kind of doing the quote unquote same thing. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't really bother me um, in that sense, because we need like, we need like 800 lanes. Yeah. Of, of, of people doing the same thing we you know when people say create your own lanes we need thousands and thousands and thousands of them because that's how media changes right so um i'm very but because i'm like if you want to focus just on puerto rico right i'm incredibly happy that you guys are doing something and there's other people like there's you know el americano's doing it in florida mm -hmm. there's other places that are just start you know that are covering puerto rico because i always feared that in the post-hurricane, you know, we were kind of like the shiny new object in the museum because of the mm -hmm, hurricane, mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. everyone would forget us. And Interesting. I, I fear that as a journalist um, a lot, but I do think that there's enough, there's enough interest out there that I don't think that's going to go away. My only big, my biggest problem at when I do Rebels in Puerto Rico, I just feel sometimes we might put too much emphasis on it. So then I kind of back off a little bit mm. and I don't feel like, you know, I kind of have to pick my moments when it's, when I cover mm. like Puerto Rico on the Island, I got to pick my moments because mm. it's just, it's 24 seven. Yeah. Um, I think a great uh, media company with a really strong brand is Futuro Media, Maria Hinojosa, yeah. who you mentioned. Yeah. She actually, I graduated from DePaul. She taught at DePaul University. Um, yep. fun fact, um, we did, we, so, we did some live shows at DePaul within the thick. That's right. Y'all did. Actually, I think I was there when you guys were recording. Yeah. We um, did like three of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so with her being at DePaul, we actually took a group up to New York, Latin, uh, this past January and went okay. to Futuro Media. We went to the studios. I held Maria's Emmy. I felt like I made it. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So she, yeah. So she's lovely. Uh, you, I think there was only a handful of people there at the time, 
But um, it was in the lead up to that that I realized that they had acquired Latino Rebels. And that had happened in 2018. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that until yeah. I was, uh, you know, to this, well, 2019, before we went to, to New York and, and visit her in, out yeah, in Harlem. Yeah, they acquired us like, yeah, yeah. So walk us yeah. through, can you walk us through that? Like, what was that? I'm just thinking of like people, like, I'm thinking of like people that start their own media outlet and are like, oh my gosh, I just wish like... <laughs> You know, Latino rebels would call me up and acquire me, or like, you know, I I don't know, like, does that make does that question make sense? Like, how does that even yeah, come yeah, about? No, who approaches does. who? It it does. I mean, so for people that know, I mean, Latino rebels wasn't a full time job for me. It was things I was doing on the side. I had put money into it, and mm. I wasn't making money off of it. Um, and I needed a job, yeah. so I joined. You know, I, I was on Al Jazeera. I was I used to be I used to work for Al Jazeera America, and that that didn't last because Al Jazeera America just like just didn't survive yeah. as an outlet. So, but that was fun, and so I joined Futuro Media in late 2014 uh, part time. And after a couple of years of like helping Latino USA and working on their digital, and you know, Maria always said like keep Rebels going, and I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, okay. Um, I don't know how to do that when I have a full-time job, but I have, there were some friends who helped me out. Mm -hmm. Um, Hector Luis Alamo was, uh, my deputy editor and he just kind of owned it. And I really appreciate him for, for doing that. Um, and he's actually a DePaul graduate too. He, he was from Chicago. So, All right, go Blue Demons. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, he's a Chicago guy. He's based in Vegas now and, and he writes for us now. He's a great guy. Um, so that when, when it came time to think about, well, what do I do with Rebels? I just talked to Futuro about it. I said, hey, mm. you know, I've been here, I've been here a couple of years. It makes, don't you think it makes sense to just kind of make it part of the family so I don't have to kind of live both worlds? Mm -hmm. And Maria always loved it. She always loved Rebels. I mean, so she just thought it made a lot of sense. And so did the company. And, and, it, and to me, it does make sense. I mean, we're yeah. kind of, if you look at what Futuro Media does, you know, we have Latino USA, which is sort of like our news magazine show, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of like the deeper dive. You have In the Thick, which is like political podcasts mm -hmm. and kind of edgy. And, you know, we get to be ourselves. Um, but Rebels is sort of, you know, a little bit more daily, you know, a little bit more commentary. Mm -hmm. uh, we publish more uh, news stories. Um, yeah. Everyone compliments each other. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. so it just kind of, to be able to, to be at a place where you get to do what you do and it's part of your job. Mm -hmm. Um, it's kind of nice. Yeah. yeah. And I found a home for it. I mean, that, that was, that's what matters for me. It's like something you create. I wanted to find a home for it. Yeah. So yeah. like being under Futuro media, you know, it, it opens it up because then I was able to do other things at Futuro and bring other people in. Mm -hmm. And, um, it kind of shows that they saw value and they saw something that, um, matters. And, so we have some ideas, you know, we have some ideas to kind of take it to the next level and hopefully, you know, it's kind of fun to have a team uh, yeah. as opposed to just like me. No, that's exciting. Yeah. I mean, what? so, so just a couple follow-up questions. I mean, what's the team of, what, what is the team of Latino rebels right now? Is it a handful of people mm -hmm. that are helping you? It's run just a the... couple. Yeah. Okay. Right now uh, it's full time. It's just me and um, Luis Luna, who's, Wow. who is our digital editor, but we still have, um, you know, we have the admin support from Futuro, mm. which helps. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, it's nice to have 
people who can help you with like invoicing and mm-hmm. you know and well like, i know like when they, i i know when i contributors yeah no right oh well sheesh yeah i mean well actually that's a good that's that's actually a good point you brought up so what is you mentioned like making no money off of off of doing yeah like, you know rebels and I, you know, I, I, we don't make money off the podcast, but I, lo- yeah. I love doing this so much. Like I get to like meet yeah. dope Boricuas like yourself and like get to hear what people yeah. are doing throughout the diaspora and La Isla. So I, I really like, it's, it's very life-giving. Um, but yeah. like doing that full time, I mean, how does, how does Latin, I know you got the, the gig with Futuro Media. How does Latino Rebels maintain its existence? Like th- is there, I know it's independent. So it's, it's a, there's a lot yeah, of, no, we have a budget. of grants I mean- and yeah, yeah, Is we have a budget. We're like part that. of the Futuro Media. We have a, we're part of the Futuro Media like yeah. editorial budget. Um, so we run it. I mean, I I have contributors, and you know they pitch us, and we'll we'll pay them for their work. We're dealing with a lot more freelance contributors right now. Hopefully, you know, for us, the plan is to try to create um, a little bit more of a just a slightly bigger newsroom model, mm-hmm. um, and kind of bring a couple more people in. Um, that takes a little bit of pitching and belief, but, um, I think, you know, I think we bring a lot, uh, but I get to work. I mean, I, when, you know, I get to, what I do is like, I work on Latino rebels in the thick cultural media every day. Yeah. Ah. Um, and that's what I do. No, that's and, great. you know, I get a, I get a paycheck from cultural media, which is good. So they pay for my time and, mm. and that's what I do. The hard work pays off. I mean, it's, 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 it's awesome to see. I mean, there's, um, looking at something like Futuro Media and being under that umbrella, I mean, you still have, you still have, uh, creative control over Latino rebels. So yeah, yeah. They, they own, I mean, Futuro owns it, but I'm sort of a publisher founder. Um, and so you still have the clout. Yeah. 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 The editorial. Yeah. Yeah. They, it's Mm -hmm. not like I, yeah, they, it's not like that you've trust, been stripped you know I mean? of. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. no, no, mm-hmm. no, no. But that's something that Maria feels very strongly about. Yeah. I mean, one of the reasons why Futuro Media is what it is is that it really is about. Um, it's a place of trust. It's a place mm-hmm. of bringing voices together. Um, I tell this all the time. It's like I don't think you know. People are like, "Oh, you work with Maria? Yeah, we work on In the Thick really well." Mm-hmm. But she's not calling me up and being like, "Hey, what are you doing for Rebels this week?" You know, I mean, she's mm-hmm. she's got Latina USA. She's got she's got Maria yeah. Hosa. She's got to push a book. Yep. Um, you know, she's teaching at Columbia. You know what I mean? She's she. It's absolute trust and 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 belief that um in the work that we do. Yeah. And so what I tell people, it's like that's 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 the blessing here is that yeah. I have an organization like Futuro Media that believes in this and kind of lets me do what I want to do, but also helps me works with me like to explore what the possibilities are. I mean, it's kind of the best of both worlds. No, definitely. I mean, I think that like I was saying earlier, you know, I I think that's a great, what a great decision. When I saw that Latino rebels was a part of the Futuro media family, uh, you know, and whenever you hear of an outlet getting acquired, like we have like the Chicago sun times here, uh, the Tribune that were, were being acquired yeah. and you never know, you know, who's going to take control and what type of control they're going to impose on the old, the old model or structure. Yeah, and, and the so vision it, was, is, it felt like a nice, a nice fit. Yeah. The vision, but the vision for us is that we want to become, we want to focus more on local journalism in the community, mm-hmm. look at places where we kind of bring sort of that rebels independent vibe to mm-hmm. places that are underrepresented so that takes a little bit of like capital it takes correspondence right. it takes a little bit more like formality um and we're kind of talking about it right now you know and yeah. you know there's a reason 
even with the podcast, I mean, I've been doing the podcast for seven years. Every time I want to stop it, Latino Rebels Radio, um, I see that the numbers keep growing. People like it. They like they like that I do it outside of in the thick, and and it's what I do, right? Yeah. So we look into places, you know, and we've been able to do this year, you know, when you talk about well, how does Latino Rebels make money? I mean. You know, as a nonprofit, it's, you know, we're not doing it for profit, but mm-hmm. we did a couple of live events with funders in 2020 where we got paid for our time and our mm-hmm. production expertise, and that helps. We also got into a development deal with uh, Warner Media's 150 incubate, Incubator. They want to, you know, That's we're going to be deal. like doing, yeah, we're going to do like variety show, like pilot ideas for Latino Rebels Radio. So those are the things that, um, Futuro Media helps to bring. You uh, know, we, we're just one of the many yeah. properties and offerings. So, like, I think, you know, what we fill is sort of this edgier alternative media voice that's always had a tradition. Mm-hmm. That um, we, you know, we have a following, and we have, you know, we have a voice in that in that matter. And and that's where I think we're kind of exploring what that could be i mean the Mm -hmm. biggest the best way for me to explain it is that i always think like rebels can be like a rolling stone type of idea Mm. right you know what i'm saying like yeah yeah. where you're producing like independent voices not necessarily focus on music and culture but really like or like the atlantic you know what i mean like the Mm -hmm. latino atlantic like things that um you're bringing these new people these like smart voices that are just really like focusing on issues that impact our community and you see that right you mm-hmm. see that in what we do i mean the quality of the work of our contributors is just outstanding yeah i mean we're only as good as the people that write for us and these are really damn good writers and 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 so one of the things that i always said about rebels is like if we're going to do this the bar needs to stay high mm-hmm. and and that's why i think we get the appeal that we do is that we're not you know we might have been a little bit lowbrow at the beginning, but we're not. Like we're moving on. Like at the beginning, we we're like just a bunch of goofballs. But yeah. it's but been yeah. a, it's been a really cool evolution to see. I mean, what, what, like so you you mentioned um, you know, having this roster of contributors. Um, yeah, you know, you got six hundred. I think you said it's over six hundred. Over yeah, six hundred. Uh, or so six hundred people the, published. Sorry. Yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, 600 people published since 2011. Mm-hmm. I think like when we get into the 10 year anniversary, you'll start seeing a lot more. I'm going to start revealing a lot more about, um, you know, how many we have, like, who, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah, because yeah. I think it's, I want to kind of tell that story as well. So as we get into the 10th anniversary, we're going to start revealing a little bit more tidbits of all like people that, that write for us, who they are. Um, why they did it, um, things like that. But yeah. Cool. Okay, that's exciting. Um, so what? So for people that want to, any like for any aspiring journalists listening to this, yeah. uh, specifically journalists of color. I mean, what? Yeah. What, or or even people that want to create a, a independent media outlet of their own one day. You know, what, what yeah. advice? What advice would you share? Any like words of wisdom that come to mind? Yeah, it's got to feel right, right? Don't do it just because everyone else is doing it, right? Mm-hmm. I I never felt you know, I was writing and blogging and and doing my own thing and kind of getting a little bit of attention, like in the space um, and kind of seeing like, "Mm, I don't know if I want to do this, like like in my own space, I want to create an outlet. Mm -hmm. It kind of was like evolved. Mm -hmm. I think you got to get published. I think you have to figure out ways to 
to get your work published by other people, um, you know, it's really hard to just do it yourself and just distribute it yourself. Mm-hmm. It takes, I mean, I'm still kind of like hustling after 10 years. Right. And so I yeah. can't imagine like people like doing it and starting it. Like you got to keep your expectations low, but you got to be true to yourself. You got to be consistent. You got to, you got to do it. You know, if you say like, I got to do a podcast once a week, then you're doing a podcast once a week. Even mm-hmm. on those days, you don't want to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. Like you got to do it. Yeah. Um, and you got to build. And, it, and it, it's just, uh, I, I, I also think it's like follow, the places that have already done it and i and i just say like you know follow what we do every day Mm. because we don't really have a a plan Mm -hmm. we just kind of like wake up and breathe and just kind of be and see what people are reading like find those things that you want to like focus on i mean Mm. it's it's just i know it sounds goofy but it's just you know i i wanted to focus on Puerto Rico in english Mm. you know because i was just I want, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I just started writing about it. And I, even if you really go to like, if you really want to go into the, the rabbit hole, then go to julioarvarela.com. <laughs> that's free. That's pre Latino rebels. Oh yeah. Um, that's your blog. That was your blog, right? Yeah. That you had before. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. So that's like four or five <laughs> years before it's like, and you start going, wow, like this is, uh, this is evolved, right? Yeah. This is evolved. And, and so I think, um, but you gotta love it. You That's gotta great. love it. You gotta love to write. You gotta love. You gotta do it. Now, what was well that? Whether yeah, and even if it's video or audio, it's just don't get caught up with the gimmicks. Don't get caught mm-hmm. up with being the flavor of the month. Um, yeah. You know, think about uh, sowing a garden. Like, like you know, it's a garden. Mm-hmm. Trying to establish a foundation, and yeah. it's a it's much longer, but it's much more satisfying. Yeah, planting seeds that one day may grow. Um, yeah, no, well, yeah. Well, well said. We we started, I mean, I, I started this podcast because I just like learning about Puerto Rican news, Puerto Rican people, and there just wasn't That's that outlet. That's supposed to be. You know, maybe I'd find a random article or talk to somebody randomly and they'd bring someone up. So I was like, okay, how can we curate a lot of the yeah. amazing That's things a, happening in our community? You know? So. That's what you got to do. And, and I'm sure, you know, and in your space, like you're, you have the credibility and like people see it yeah. and, you know, and people listen. And you know how long you've been doing this? Oh man, we just celebrated our one year anniversary in August, so we're babies. Okay, babies. Okay, one year, <laughs> one, one year, and and little over a year. Yeah, that's a, that's amazing. And you yeah. actually, you know, people are listening. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, best. shoot. Every time I look at those numbers, Julio, I'm like, wow. <laughs> People care yeah. more than me. Yeah. <laughs> more than me yeah. sometimes. Like, ah, oh, is this episode going to be good? I don't know. And then you see, you know, I mean, you know, like yeah, Rebels that's Radio. Gotta, that's all you got to Wow. Yeah. There's more yeah, people beyond me that like that. this. Yeah. Yeah. You just, they just got to deal with it. That's all I said. It's like, yeah. just keep, keep, keep rinsing and repeating. <laughs> We're going to take a quick pause for the cause, pero no se muevan, porque when we come back, we're going to talk to Julio about speaking truth to power as an independent media outlet, the relationship between media in the Puerto Rican diaspora and media on La Isla, what both Democrats and Republicans can actually agree on when it comes to Puerto Rico, and a whole lot more. Stay with us. We want to take this moment to say thank you again for listening. When you download our podcast or subscribe to the podcast itself, that makes a world of difference. So gracias for taking your time to listen to us. 
We also want to take this time to thank the sponsor of today's episode. This episode would not be possible without the generous support of the Puerto Rican Cultural Center. The Puerto Rican Cultural Center, located at 2546 West Division Street, right here in Chicago, is a community-based, grassroots, educational, health, and cultural services organization founded on the principles of self-determination, self-actualization, and self-sufficiency that is all activist-oriented. For more information on the work they do, Give them a visit at their website at prcc-chgo.org. Again, that's prcc-chgo.org. Now, if you or anyone else you know would like to be a sponsor of the Paseo Podcast, please email us at paseopod at gmail.com. That's p-a-s-e-o-p-o-d at gmail.com. Tell them Joshua from Humble Park sent you. Going back to, you know, setting up uh, alerts and Googling. And I mean, it, it can get really overwhelming because you get these big like macro level shifts of, OK, who's going to yeah. be the next governor of Puerto Rico? Look at all these other political parties that are popping up. I mean, this is unprecedented. This is unheard of. This is like a, a, a big moment right. in, in um, Puerto Rico's political history. But then you have like like smaller stories that don't get their shine. I mean, I mean, I feel like I feel like the Arecibo Observatory is a perfect example. I mean, I feel like I saw news reports on that about cables breaking and it being on its last legs. It feels like a month years or ago. years ago. I mean, like it yeah, feels it like just, a Hurricane Maria. Since I feel like around that time I started hearing it. And then the earthquakes have picked right. up a little bit. But it's not until they're closing it down and the entire satellite collapses that all of a sudden now you have more of these top tier corporate led uh, media outlets actually covering it. So it's like it, it's almost... It's almost like you're you're you can you can easily get split and be consumed by Puerto Rico news twenty four seven because there's just there's just so much going on for an island of three million people. I mean, it's like the amount of news and the nuances in the news. Yeah, so I, I think it's also yeah, I, I, I think there's two reasons for that. One, I mean, that market is pretty saturated in Puerto yeah. Rico, like the media market, but people don't, you know, the whole notion of how political parties like dominate or influence, let's say influence mm -hmm. journalism in Puerto Rico. There's not a lot of independent journalism in Puerto Rico. Right. I mean, I can count them on my fingers, you know, Centro Periodismo Investigativo is the gold standard. Mm -hmm. And one, one of the things that I'm proud about at Rebels is that we, we you know, we started talking to them in 2014. Yeah. Right. Before, you know, and, and I was like, you yeah. guys do really good work. Mm -hmm. And they were of the model who were saying, um, yeah, we just share the work. So let's go. Let's, you know, yeah. you want to publish us? I'm like, yeah, I'd love to publish you. Yeah. So we just we started publishing the stories in Spanish. And what, one of the things that we were, when, when we were talking to the CPI about it, it helped them connect to the diaspora mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Yeah. And then, and it just like, for me, it was like a no brainer. So that when we were doing the hurricane coverage and we actually got into a more for formal sort of reporting um, situation, media partnership situation with them, um, especially when it came to the death count and Hurricane Maria, um, that was global news, right? Yeah. And then, and then they just took like for me, it's like now they just cry. I mean, it never surprised me with the chats that they were gonna they, they were gonna leak that, that you know mm -hmm. Telegram chat. But we published, you know, we published that. I was very proud to be one of those media partners to be here are the chats. Yeah. So, so it goes to the point to get back. It's like the lack of independent journalism, and there are a couple right there. Mm -hmm. um, 80 grados um and i there's uh 
man, I'm, now I'm completely spacing out, but um, yeah. there are, there's okay. some small ones that are doing it, but the dominant media culture in Puerto Rico is all political um, mm -hmm. from El Nuevo Día to El Vocero to talk radio mm -hmm. to, you know, to the puppet who I don't care oh anymore. Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But that's, a, you know, and, and so one of the things that I, as a journalist, as a Puerto Rican journalist, always said to myself, is like, I'm not going to forget where I came from. And mm -hmm. if I see things that need to get covered, that need to get challenged, that need to get questioned, um, and I am not, quote unquote, like, politically connected, right? Mm -hmm. That's the thing. I'm an independent voice. I'm incredibly proud of the reporting that we have done and I have done about Puerto Rico in the last 15 years to push the envelope. Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways and i'm yeah. and i'm also very proud so that's me as a puerto rican journalist saying we can do this and 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 we need more of that we need more independent voices to push this and and that it's just never ending you know then you get the then you get the bs sort of oh latino rebels they must be associated with venezuela or they're a bunch of leftists mm. or things like that and i'm just kind of like you know that's where you get that's what gets me really upset about journalism in puerto rico is that anyone who tries to do it instantly gets labeled right and it comes from the status issue to everything and i find that to be just really insulting and abhorrent and it, it speaks to the lack of disrespect we have with each other as puerto ricans especially puerto ricans on the diaspora and on the island we got so many issues that um we got to fight through that in a lot mm -hmm. of ways and and for me if i'm helping if my reporting is helping to raise issues of what anti-blackness is in Puerto Rico, then I'm doing my job. So, um, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to apologize for that. Backing up a little bit and talking about being selective on uh, news to cover in Puerto Rico. So uh, yeah. one, one, uh, one uh, journalist, her name's Omaya. Omaya Sosa. Yep. Yes. Co-founder of the Center of Periodismo. Investigativo was a good friend, great colleague. She's great. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, you know, the the first time I had heard about her publication was Hurricane Maria, then the chat with Ricardo Rosario. Um, and I thought, oh, my gosh, you're doing some really badass reporting. Um, but that's only that's like someone like me that's like constantly seeking out this news and who reported it and who funds them yeah. and like just kind of yeah. peeling off the layers. But uh, so I, I think it's just an affirmation here. But I think it's great that y'all take um, take those articles get the permission to republish them because that introduces their reporting to an entirely new audience. Yeah, so and, that's and a great very, touch point. Yeah. They're very smart too, because they're yeah. a nonprofit media company, right. uh, yeah. journalism organization. And they, you know, I've, I've had these conversations with Omaya Sosa and Carla Minet, who is also the executive director of the CPI. Mm -hmm. um, and they're, they're like, if we're going to create this, we need to distribute it. Yeah. So they, it's almost like they're giving, journalism they realize that the power of journalism to the right audiences mm -hmm. and specifically about rebels in puerto rico is that we establish um an interest like we have a lot of readers who are interested in what we have to say about puerto rico mm -hmm. hands down yeah and we we saw that in the first year yeah. right and i always told my fellow journalists that if you really want to look into what the what it is you know into the issues of identity and colonialism and American imperial, like American power. Mm. You have to look at what's happening in Puerto Rico. And, 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 yeah. and, 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 and I saw that, mm -hmm. right. As an editor, founder of Latino rebels, everything, when we write about Puerto Rico, 
whether it's the Puerto Rican Day Parade and the issues that they had with Coors yep. and the beer, um, even with Oscar Rivera Lopez, you know, Oscar Lopez Rivera in Chicago, mm-hmm. um, when we would do things about, even in Chicago, like when we do about um, Hummel Park, like we, we would publish pieces about Chicago's in, in, in about Puerto Ricans in Chicago. Yeah. Um, there was interest because what it was is like, I had not seen something like this before in a language other than Spanish. And that's the reality. Like we, we filled that right mm-hmm. in a little way. We kind of said that this was okay to do so that when the CPI came around, um, we helped them get an audience and they know that. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, but we, I, but we also got an audience, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. We, we were showing up, you know, I mean, the number of times I've heard from Puerto Ricans on the Island in the last 10 years who were like, and I love the way they say it something like Latino rebels, right? It's like, who are you guys? You know, when we, when you have someone like Jay Fonseca quoting us, mm-hmm. when you have El Nuevo Día citing us in 2012, when you have people like El Bocero, when you have politicians, when you have Ricardo Rosselló, who was in Aspen, Colorado, like seven months after mm-hmm. the hurricane. And I just happened to be in Aspen, Colorado that day for the Aspen Institute. Oh my gosh. And I was like, governor, um, you've been avoiding me about the death count for five months. We're both here. Like he gave me 15 minutes. I, I will tell you right now, guys, I know the guys that um, would help, you know, yeah. manage him, however they say the handle, him, sure. right, whatever. Um, they just, they want, they did not want that interview to happen. I bet. Right. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so um, there is a mm. thing about accountability mm. when it comes to Puerto Rico, um, issues of corruption, mm. of colonial parties, of bipartisan, you know, cooperation. You know, you see my yeah. Twitter at Julito77 all the time. I'm sure you see it. It's like, oh my gosh. There's a, there's a lot of things Republicans and Democrats don't agree on, mm-hmm. but one thing that they do agree on is like how to exploit Puerto Rico. One like hundred percent. You know, yeah. You know, like when you think about Obama leaving in 2015, like this was you know he was a lame duck president, and Promesa happened. Mm-hmm. The one major piece of bipartisan legislation in the last year of the Obama administration mm-hmm. was the creation of a fiscal control board called promesa that was that yeah. was you know it was a bipartisan bill i will say you know there were not all democrats were for it and not all republicans were for it mm-hmm. but they were for they were against it for different reasons yeah you know people like bob menendez uh, never would think that senator bob menendez was a prophet about promesa elizabeth warren bernie sanders um you know ed markey all these people who voted you know you say what you want it never felt right as a journalist. And I had, I attended conferences. I attended, you know, sessions about Promesa. I was brought in to talk about financial reporting. It never felt right. Mm. That any, and anyone who brought that up back in the time was seen as like divisive. Mm. Um, you're from the left. You're a socialist. You're a crazy radical. And I'm sitting here going, everything people said about Promesa came true. Yeah. And that's why Puerto Rico continues to suffer. And it is a bipartisan, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything more colonial that you get. There's no other thing that you can do. Yeah. Um, and granted, and I've written this, and, and whenever I say this, you know, people are like, oh, you're blaming, you know, what about the Puerto Rican politician? I'm like, 2015, The Guardian, I wrote this piece, an opinion piece in The Guardian that basically says, 
Puerto Ricans, you know, Puerto Rican politicians think think that Puerto Ricans are stupid, mm. but they cause the problem. We get it. Spending happens, but the United States let you know right. it was a party. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like let's be honest. It's, it's a like lot of it's a lot of whataboutism. A lot of whataboutism. Yeah, like, like, well, what about this happening over here? But that doesn't mean you get carte blanche to do whatever you want just because you think okay they're doing whatever they want. So let me just put right. in. The, I mean, but you're absolutely right. Like we 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 got by, by we have a history in this in this relationship between the U.S. and Puerto Rico of bipartisan policy that f's puerto rico over i mean you, you mentioned yeah. a, we we've we've critiqued promesa we've had episodes on promesa on the podcast before um and and right there with you i mean horrible policy um and this is from somebody in an administration that has seen um, amongst a lot of uh democrats as kind of like they're on this pedestal but you look at the number of deportations you look at things like promesa i mean it's okay to crit it's okay to critique our leaders especially when we don't believe or align with their policy um right. i'm glad we live in a time now because i can only imagine how things like la ley de la mordaza or the oh, jones act would yeah. get would get uh received and and disseminated to the masses um with the technology and the outlets we have now um, but I mean, you know, with, with you reporting, I mean, how do you, how do you navigate that? Cause you, you mentioned your Twitter account and your Twitter account, the Latino, the Latino rebels, rebels. uh, uh, Twitter account, definitely accounts yeah. worth following because my goodness, when somebody tries to critique critique y'all and I, I think y'all do a good, you both accounts do a good job of having those conversations and giving people yeah. space and, and responding in yeah. kind. Um, but there are, you're absolutely right. There's, there's some people that just like try to really come at you hard and it, it almost yeah. feels like, where are you getting your, your talking points from? And then, but, but y'all don't let that go. You're like, okay, hang on, L let's break down the timeline here. So you know, what's up. And I'm just like, I tell you, Julio, I get like, I'm like 20 minutes past and I'm like, what the hell? I was just, I just opened up my phone for a minute and I'm now I'm down this rabbit hole. Um, but how do you na how do you navigate that? Because I'd imagine like just like here, like uh, outlets like Jacobin in these times, like they they try to take a very progressive um, critique on, on a lot of policy, a lot of news here in the United States. And, you know, I, I hear that you're a communist, you're a leftist, you're a radical liberal. Yeah. Like I hear a lot of that stuff. Like everybody's a communist. If you like everybody's a communist that wants to critique their elected officials. It's, yeah, it's really have, if weird. If you have a question, yeah, if you have a, a legit question that that tries to speak truth for power and that's what it is. It's like yeah. like Mariana Jose said, like we're journalists of, of conscience. Right. So I can't it goes back to just, you know, let's focus on Puerto Rico politics and journalism mm -hmm, and, and mm -hmm. covering Puerto Rico, because I think it's a perfect example. Yeah. And, and, and it's kind of the one where um, I do believe that this is what happens when you have insularism, mm -hmm. insularismo, which to me is uh, one of the things that defines us as a people, mm -hmm. right? If, if you look at who we are, you know, there's a great book by Zeno Gandia called Insularismo, right? Insularism. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, how, how beautiful is that, yeah. right? It came out in the 30s. I wrote my thesis about, you know, I talked about this part of my thesis about this. So this notion of who we are as a people, like we are colonial people and we're not supposed to rock the boat. We're not supposed to ask questions. We're supposed to accept what has been given to us, mm -hmm. right? Um, and and, and, and it's so easy, and it's kind of intellectually lazy, to be honest with you, 
to just frame it now into, well, if you question Promesa or you say something about, you know, you say, you say something that like, boy, that Yulene Cruz, oh man, U.S. liberals love her, mm. right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're already put in this like, you know, independentista, izquierdista, vete a Habana, vete a Caracas, okay? That comes from history of, you know, there's a history of suppressing, suppressing uh, this, this desire to hold power accountable in Puerto Rico. There is a little history where people died and people were on lists, okay? So let's like keep it real, right? Let's just be real that the his- there's not a yeah. history of journalism in Puerto Rico that goes after power, mm-hmm. right? So this whole notion of when Rosselló comes out and resigns, um, that was a big deal, right? Yeah. And But you see the spinning of it, you know? Oh, it's Black Lives Matter, you know, it's like, no. So right. the reality is, the big question I have as a journalist is I'm already questioning the colonial structure. I'm already questioning the status quo. Guess what? It's 2020, we haven't changed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing's changed about Puerto Rico. You know, it's like the same, you know, so I sit here and I go, okay, if things haven't changed, then it really is, there's a system in place that's allowing the status quo to happen. Mm -hmm. And whether it's, you know, whether it's populares that are clinging to this illusion of defending a colony, whether it's, you know, pro-statehood progresistas who think like statehood is a panacea and, you know, you're going to build everything based on statehood and whether it's independence, Mm -hmm voices who to be honest with you have allowed this notion of you know this version of independence have is is kind of stuck a little bit in the 60s and the 70s that that it's stuck to this sort of like romanticized um version of the latin american left which has changed mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying it's changed right so you see dalmao a little bit you know dalmao who ran for governor uh, blocked me on Twitter in 2012 oh, because I wow. dared ask the question of why is the Independence Party still stuck in 1965? Mm. Like, where is the huge progressive vision of being an independent country? What does that really mean in 2012? Right. And they didn't want to answer it. Mm. So, so one of the things that I think people misunderstand about me is that I think that Puerto Rico, the way we're set up right now, whether it's media, society, who we are, is so colonial, we've allowed it. We're insular. Mm. We, we don't see, we don't even see power. This is one of the biggest problems I have with the island diaspora relationship. I get to write for NBC News, Washington Post. I'm the one getting published, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Right? So take the one about NBC News that I wrote, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I basically said the statehood vote is a farce let's be real that has not my personal position like i was on the guardian deconstructed i'm like i'm not for or against anything i'm just saying that the process is a farce is an illusion and it's nothing's gonna happen let's be real right so they come so what happens is you have pro-statehood puerto ricans on the island who then come attack you right who question your identity as a puerto rican when i'm sitting here going all right, I'm the one getting published by the Washington Post and NBC News, and I actually have a vote. I can call my member of Congress. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to make this happen, don't you think you want to stop with the whole, like, <clears throat> we're from here, like, you can't worry about this, 
we can only focus ourselves. Like this is an island matter. Anyone, any other Puerto Rican can't talk about this. Yeah. When in fact, the most powerful people, the most, the biggest advocates you have, if you want to advocate for Puerto Rico on the federal level, our Puerto Ricans are living here. But what happens is that because we are so damn insular, because we have, we, we've been labeled, we've allowed ourselves to just have a color, mm -hmm. right? We've, we've allowed to play into the system that anyone who tries to, how do I say it? It's like, it's so easy to divide everybody. Yeah. Right. And so, hmm. and I'm trying to say like, aren't there things that Puerto Ricans can agree upon? Like, for example, can we just agree that a friggin' like puppet was our, was the number one rated show eight years ago and came back and like, we're, we're basing our thing on a puppet. Can we just start there? You know what I'm saying? Can we just start on the fact that people in Congress do not care mm -hmm. about Puerto Rico at the level that you think? Yeah. Can we start with the fact that, like, you can say what you will about Luis Gutierrez, but the guy was an advocate when he was in, in, in Congress, and he's mm -hmm. an influential voice now. You can say what you want about Nidia Velasquez, and I've had issues with Nidia Velasquez. She voted for Promesa, mm -hmm. but she's got the power now. Yeah. And if you have Puerto Ricans, like, on the island making fun of Nidia Velasquez and AOC, then nothing's gonna happen. Right. And that's where I kind of feel like my role as a journalist, as a truth teller, is to get into that uncomfortable place. Um, and if it pisses people off, um, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Like my 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 skin is thick now. Yeah, no, um, I, I bet. I mean, you're going on ten years and the ten years plus in the game. So, you know, this I'd imagine you grow quite the quite a thickness of skin. <laughs> it takes a while, but yeah. at the same time, um, like so, you're not waking up and like you ever have those moments. Like for me, like if I'm stressed out about something, like I mean, it's silly stuff. Like oh my gosh, like I gotta send this email, or I gotta work on this project. Yeah. Like when someone like really tries to attack you, come out hard at, uh, against you, um, or doesn't like a, a particular article that you publish. Or, yeah. or a take you have. I mean, how, do, have yeah. you ever found yourself in those moments where maybe you wake up, maybe you're just not you're not sleeping as well. You're just kind of your mind is just kind of oh, racing. Yeah. Like, oh, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. say this, or I'm gonna do this, and or like, I, you know, just kind of get overtaken by some emotions that just you know kind of roadblock oh, your enjoyment all... of sleep, the day. Yeah, yeah. No, we're all human. I mean, yeah. I've, we've made, you know. I take editorial risk every day. Yeah. I mean, I hit them most of the time. Yeah. I hit them 98% of the time. The 2% of the time yeah. I don't hit them. Um, it, it creates a lot of problems. And we've had issues like that. And we've had to like answer that. But mm -hmm. at the same time, th there is a certain point where the work that we do is the work that we do. Yeah. And if you don't like the work that we do, you don't have to read it. But at the same time, we continue to do the work. And I still have people reading the site. So mm -hmm. I don't. You know what I'm saying? It's like people still want to know what we have to say. Yeah. If people don't want to know what we have to say, they would go away. Right. Right. So what? So what? What's happened now is we have people that really, really love us, like, and people that really, really hate us. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm good with that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because I, you're you, both reading us. You're both consuming what we're producing. Right. So it took a while for me to kind of get to that, and we've had, you know. And there's, you know, and I've, I've learned to know that critics of what we do just means that, that, um, they, 
we we strike the truth mm-hmm. you know what i mean like yeah. if, you, if you're criticizing us um there's something there yeah. and especially when it comes to puerto rico yeah. i mean i will say one thing not you know one of the biggest misrepresentations about rebels especially when it comes to puerto rico is that i'll publish anyone mm-hmm. to, who wants mm-hmm. to write about puerto rico mm-hmm. you know if you're if you're interested um in an opinion piece and you have a different take than what we just published then pu- we'll publish you you know, and there are there are some people who um, will read some of the things, and there are some very smart voices out there who are looking at Puerto Rico and the status debate very intelligently. Yeah. And I'll publish them, and 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 then and and so to me, it's about what do we use for the outlet to focus on Puerto Rico mm-hmm. and what we do, and we just do it. And we might take a break from it once in a while because it is exhausting. Yeah. But I think we've been able to establish an outlet that at least when it comes to the issue of Puerto Rico, we are a we are a voice that you pay you need to pay attention to us. Yeah. No, definitely. Like, and, and if you, you don't, then you're missing part of the debate. Absolutely. I, I'm a big fan of like I may disagree with you, uh, not you, Julio, but in general, like I may disagree with you, <laughs> well, like, yeah, but yeah. like let's have let's let's have that conversation. Let's let's talk about those those varying opinions and perspectives on whatever issue. I mean, I I, I like those discussions because I feel like even if I'm ingrained in what I believe, I feel like it sharpens yeah. my it sharpens my understanding of what I believe, also, my debate skills. Yeah. Like it challenges me to to but think it's critically. But also, you have to have people. You have to be real. There's people right. in the community who mm-hmm. think this way, yeah. right? So what am I going to do? It's like, I'm not celebrating their work. I'm sort of like saying, hey, this point of view mm-hmm. is actually something that exists in the community. I want to explore it. Yeah. And sometimes it's going to make people uncomfortable. Sometimes it's going to really upset people. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been called every, like I, like I said, I don't care, right? Yeah. I mean- I think you need to just worry about what you can worry about, mm-hmm. right? So if you're producing what you can do every day yourself and you're consistent and you're, and you're true to your community and you're true to your voice and you feel like, you know what? I, you know, we've had 600 Latino rebels has published over 600 people Wow. over the course of 10 years, close wow. to 10,000 posts, right? Yeah. Stories. Um, the, there's a part of me that's like, when you say you're creating a lane, is it a real lane? Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is it a lane that's going to lead to someone? It's going to help somebody. Yeah. And there's a part of me that like, from a journalism perspective, I've made that choice of like, I have to create this space. Mm. Like this space has now become bigger than what I thought it was. Yeah. And now I, and so that's where I think I'm more into that. And if people like, I'm done with the whole, you know, I, I know what feedback is mm. and I know what, you know, it's so much easier to just go on Twitter and be like, you guys suck. Right. I'm like, okay, great. You know what? Mm-hmm. Delete your, like this moment of like, I wouldn't say it's like cancel culture, but it's like, if that made you feel good, I'm not going away. Yeah. Right. It's like, there's not going that, to, that's the thing. It's like, there's too many damn good writers out there that I love publishing and editing. Who, who have a voice and I'm supposed, you know, we don't do this with like white mainstream outlets. You know, they seem yeah. to like, it's like, Oh, you know, it's like, yep. and so this is a bigger thing. If you want to change media, if you want to change perceptions, if you want to change issues of representation, 
you just can't go to the big outlets and be like, oh, we need like more diverse voices. Because mm-hmm. in the end, they have the power. They're not going to cede it. Definitely want to give uh, you some time to share how people can keep up with you. But yeah. uh, we just introduced this new segment to the show where we just ask our guests one last question before we wrap up with them. You know, what are you reading, watching, obsessed with right now? <laughs> Ideally, it can be like, uh, and you can't say in the thick. Um, <laughs> ideally no, it would be, no. so, <laughs> ideally something, it would be something connected to Puerto Rico. Um, pero we, Puerto Ricans don't only have to like Puerto Rican things. We can like things uh, no. all over. So just interested well, you, from you, you, like, what do you, what are you interested yeah. in? What are you obsessed with well, right now? Know. <laughs> um, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I, if you want to stick with Puerto Rican things, I, I am, I am reading a taste of sugar and I really love it. And it's, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had an opportunity to, you know, I, I, I got a copy and I, I opened it up and I was like, okay. And there's a part of me that's like, I, sometimes I don't want to just do Puerto Rican things, mm-hmm. right. Just to be, you know, that's the part of it. You, you think about Puerto Rico too much and you're like, oh. but I did open the book. It's really good. Yeah. With that said, um, I am obsessed with, um, what else am I obsessed? I'm just obsessed with like Spanish Netflix. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff. I mean, like I said, Papel to me was it's just I could just watch that with my you know when I'm in a mood. I just love I just love it and and I, I you know you get a little bit like oh, Spanish centric, but I'm like it's good. So yeah. I don't know what to tell you. It's a good story. <laughs> like I, I love the story and like I I want to wear the damn mask. Um, so yeah, those, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I mean, it's like, I try to read when I can. Mm-hmm. It's just that my world is like words and print all the time that sometimes I just I need you. to, I need to just watch us, you know, detox, a psycho, little, little detox, uh, yeah. a little recharge, uh, uh, you know, an ocean's 11, like Spanish thriller. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. <laughs> that, those are, those are two really good recommendations though. I actually, we had Mari Silveta as our guest, um, in the last episode. She's lovely. And she get, I got a copy of her book too. I'm only on chapter two, but I think yeah. it's, I think that time period is fascinating. I didn't even know there was a migration of Puerto Ricanos. I didn't know that was the first yeah. migration of big migration of Puerto Ricans off the island and of all places to, to go to Hawaii. So I know uh, it's, it's really good. And I think, you know, she did a really nice job yeah. and um i you know i try to I, I think it's important to to recognize those attempts and and you know and and for me you have to support because if you don't then those publishers say oh oh this puerto rican book so definitely mm-hmm. everyone who's listening to you guys taste the sugar just buy it now yeah well said. Um, definitely co-sign that statement. Um, okay, Julio, we're at the end. How can people keep up with you? You got social media channels, websites. I know you got all this yeah, stuff, but just, what's yeah, the lowdown? The best place, just follow me on Twitter, Julito77, J-U-L-I-T-O-77, um, the number 77. Uh, and then at Latino Rebels. Twitter's the best place, but you also, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. I'm on Instagram, same handle, latinorebels.com. Um, you know, I'm sure you can just follow me on Twitter and someone in Puerto Rico will scream at me and you'll find me or something, whatever. <laughs> I don't know anymore. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, Julio Ricardo Varela, thank you so much for being on the Paseo podcast today. Oh, un placer. This is uh, truly enjoyable. Ah, I appreciate that. Thank you again for making the time. <laughs>
thanks to Julio Ricardo Varela for being on the show today. Next week, we're going to speak to a member of London's Puerto Rican diaspora, Naomi Bonafu, about her experience immigrating from La Isla to England and what it's been like connecting with Boricuas in that part of the world. We're going to talk about a few more things, but just a couple of things to, to keep in mind and uh, to keep you coming back next week for an all-new episode. As a reminder, you can watch our interview with Julio Ricardo Varela on our YouTube channel this Monday. Just type in Paseo Podcast and we'll pop right up. Also, if you want to pitch a story, nominate yourself or someone else for an interview, or share a news story you'd like us to discuss on the show, visit our website, paseomedia.org, to do just that. See you next week. Without our awesome guests, this podcast would not be possible. And without you, our listeners, this would not be possible. So we really appreciate you listening. If you want to reach out to the show, connect with us by visiting our website, paseomedia.org, emailing us at paseopodcast at gmail.com, and following us at paseopodcast on Facebook and Twitter. If you have a tip, want to pitch a story, or send us a compliment, we love to hear from you. Thanks for downloading this episode, and see you next week. Cuídate.